Okay, hello everyone and welcome to episode 14 of Tom and Thelma Look Left. Uh, and uh, lovely to see you Thelma. Um, lots to talk about as always. Uh, be careful that we don't run out of time. Uh, <laughs> we usually do Tom, don't <laughs> yeah, we? Hi, good to see you. <laughs> I, just think, I was just thinking episode 14, where has the time gone? I can't believe it. That very first I know. episode when it was just you and I, and then then our first guest was uh, Rebecca Long Bailey. Do you remember? Yeah, when, that's when, right. That's when right. When she put when she put up with us when we didn't know really what we yeah. were doing. Yeah. Well, it was funny. <laughs> Interestingly, she was the guest. Uh, uh, going off topic already. She was uh, Rebecca was the guest on. Um, uh, Owen Jones's podcast this week and it, it was yeah. so interesting listening to her she's very sort of similar and uh, I mean really good really insightful yeah, she and, is, uh, isn't and, she? and it was a good yeah. well I didn't listen to it all but, but it she was, was a good, very good podcast. she's very professional isn't she and yeah we she is that, and she we, we weren't <laughs> and no, she was well, very we, we didn't do too bad did we, we I mean I've got to be honest Thelma I'm a little bit nervous because We've done fourteen podcasts. We've we've got away with it, you know. And uh, the, <laughs> know. some of them, I think, have been pretty good. Some of them haven't have been, you know, okay. But we haven't yeah. had any disasters really so far. So yeah. I'm just thinking, by the law of averages, we, you know, yeah. something's going to happen in a minute. But anyway, <laughs> well, they, well, they listen, people are listening to us, and that's the uh, and we're getting good feedback from most people. So I think that's yeah. Uh, yeah. that's worth doing, isn't it? Yeah, Absol- yeah absolutely. Episode fourteen. I just can't believe it. Goodness yeah. me. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. I'm so. I'm thrilled with it, Thelma. I really am because it was just something I've wanted to do for a long time, and uh, now we, now I got the chance to do it. And it's 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 uh, you know we've had a really good run. Let's hope it carries on that way. Uh, just yeah. quickly before I hand over to you, Thelma, I just want to say uh, thank you to everybody that has um, responded to our Patreon request. It's really kind of you, and it and it really will help to keep the podcast on the road. Um, we are just trying to raise enough uh, raise enough support just to keep the production side of it on the road. Um, uh, and, and yeah, we're really grateful. So thanks for that. Okay, Thelma, how's it all going anyway? Well, good. Um, I've just returned from a few days in uh, North Yorkshire, uh, seeing extended family members that uh, due to COVID had not seen for absolutely ages. And, um, oh, it was just wonderful. Um, and I think most people listening will understand, and I'm sure you do, Tom. It's been a tough year or so, hasn't it? Absolutely. Of not seeing people you really care about. And, yeah. uh, and, and just, uh, it's, it's been very simple, but just being able to hug people um, and, and just to have sit around a table and talk to each other again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I love North Yorkshire anyway. We, we went to Whitby while we were there. And uh, so, yeah, a re- really good few days, feel really refreshed. And, uh, and it gives you that sense of hope when you, you see people you love again and, uh, and you can socialise with friends. And uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, feeling very Yeah, I, th- I think I, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, how you can't... I, I kind of think, think I've slightly forgotten about all that, really. Got so used to be... I mean, I never was... I never have been much of a social person anyway, but I do like to yeah. meet up with people and to go all this whole length of time without really sitting around and just having a yarn. Um, yeah, I think it's put things in perspective for a lot of people, hasn't it, of what, what is really important yeah. to us as human beings and um, and and that human contact and, uh, and, and as I say, socialising and enjoying each other's company is... Is really the most important thing, isn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, when you say North Yorkshire, I know this isn't politics, but when you say North (laughs) Yorkshire, uh, it's a bit of a foreign country to me, Yorkshire. I've never... (laughs) I'm Whitby, that's on the coast. It's it's God's own country, Tom. (laughs) Well, they say that about Devon, to be honest, uh, Thelma. But anyway... (laughs) Uh, no, it's it's wonderful because the thing the thing with with North Yorkshire, you you've got beautiful countryside and the moors, North Yorkshire moors, but you've got beautiful coastal region mm. as well, an area. Um, so you've got the best of both worlds, and uh, and the people as well, just so so warm and uh, and funny, and uh, yeah, so uh, re- really enjoyed it. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you really. I mean, uh, over the time I've known you, it's become apparent. I mean, you really do love the Yorkshire people and, and well, all the North, you, you really are. Well, yeah, yeah. I, well, I was born in Manchester, uh, grew up in Stockport, uh, lived in Combe Valley now for 30 years, relatives in North Yorkshire, you know. So, yeah, Northern Links, but um, my our sons and granddaughter are down south. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously I love going down there too. Um, and, uh, well, I think, you know, our country generally is, is, is very beautiful and... Uh, uh, yeah, I like. I, 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 I agree. I agree with you, Thelma. I love going somewhere and just feeling slightly different culture, slightly different kind of outlook on things, and and also the different accents and and yeah. just it, it's yeah. so nice, isn't it? That yeah, yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, good. So, I, yeah. We haven't managed to go anywhere yet, but we will get round to it shortly. Yeah, do you good, Tom? Certainly yeah, do me good just definitely. for a few days. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yes, yeah. So we better get we better yeah, get, get politics, back to politics, yeah, indeed. <laughs> Otherwise, we will lose all our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, the big news in politics this week is is what do the Labour Party stand for, Thelma? Um, well, <laughs> I, I well, I didn't actually watch the GMB um, interview, but I saw a clip of it, mm. and um, and and you know, asking a front bencher uh, with such experience, what you know, what what are the Labour Party's policies? What what do they stand for? Um, and 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 him saying he couldn't say because it you know it was confidential discussions. Uh, well, I don't know what you think, Tom, but it's just like what, what you know, post post COVID, um, you know, the, the the country's economy going to the wall, every all this this happening, you know, foreign policy, everything, and but what are your policies? Well, I couldn't say because it's confidential. Uh, it, um, it was staggering, wasn't it, Thelma? I mean, uh, <sighs> yeah. I, well, I, I mean, my. My thoughts were, which you could say, call me a cynic, but um, my my thoughts, which I did I did put on Twitter, is that he he is a very very experienced politician and it has fronted many many interviews in very very difficult difficult circumstances, and he's very good when put on the spot because he's had that experience. Um, of coming out with, you know, the line, as it were. And if you know you're going for an interview as an experienced politician and you know there's going to be some contentious questioning... You you get your top lines. You 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 know what the what the speak is, as it were. Yeah. So to be asked that question, and to say you can't say or you don't know, and it's confidential. I've got to be honest, my thoughts were straight away, that is not supportive of the leader. 
in the current situation because no. you're ex- you're exposing the leader and, and deputy leader indeed um you're exposing them to the world <laughs> it be made apparent to the world that as a party we don't know we've no direction or we're not communicating it to the public um that's my thoughts and may maybe too cynical maybe that's not the case but that that's what if you're saying i can't tell you what our policies are that is not supporting the leader i don't know what you think well i think i i mean i got i kind of agree with you really because when you think about it everyone was saying well what does labor stand for the reason they've done so badly is because no one knows. I mean, it's been the theme in the news for since the election. Mm-hmm. And to get up and confirm it on daytime telly like that was yeah. just... I mean, yeah. if that wasn't what you say, it was a colossal blunder or, or, yeah. or something. It's, well, it e- just, even... Even to say what the focus groups have told them to say, you know, it's kind of like... I mean, even I could have answered that better, Thelma, and I'm not even in the Labour Party, I don't even support the Labour Party. I mean, I would have come up with some kind of basic principles of what the Labour Party is about. I think what makes me really, really sad is that, you know, the same person was on the front bench um, under Jeremy Corbyn as Lotto, as leader, and he would have known exactly what Labour stood for um, and those policies in the manifesto 17 and 19. Um, and every single person, um, in, in, every MP, knew what our policies were. Whether they all agreed with them or not, those policies were very, very clear and very embedded. Um, so that's the sad thing for me. That, that's the sad thing. Um, yeah, it, the, the party has just lost its way, and uh, quite you know quite heartbreaking really. Uh, but to do that on on you know on national TV was was just awful really, embarrassing. Yeah, I mean if you think back to uh, I mean for me Thelma not being really involved uh, until two thousand and fifteen. I mean watching and observing and being interested but not involved, and then to see what what it was like when that leadership election happened with those four candidates, which included Jeremy, by, by luck, really, and to, to just watch the three of them actually saying nothing. I mean, Andy Burnham said a little bit. The two women were just... Might as well have said nothing. And then to see Jeremy Corbyn stand up and say something, and you could almost feel the entire nation sitting up and going, what? Someone's actually saying something? And 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 that was what, for the next four years, it was like. The, yeah. Everyone knew where where we stood and what we stood for, and and people loved it. To be fair, yeah. and yeah. and it was just you know, kind of com- common sense politics to me. You know, I suppose that's why I immediately. I've said this before when I was knocking on doors campaigning, and people asked about the policies and the manifesto in two thousand seventeen. My heart was so much into it. You know, I've, I've said this to be before Tom yeah. a number yeah. of times and and but it wasn't just me was it it was you know 
most people felt that way and the policies still are uh, popular and uh, uh, well I believe anyway um, but but it's nice to see that Jeremy is still speaking up um, even now um, this week on foreign policy etc and um, he, he certainly hasn't given up and hasn't lost that that vision for how it could be so um, you know I think that um, that battle continues doesn't it yeah I mean socialism yeah, I mean, Jeremy's a, he's an astonishing bloke. I mean, obviously, I've never met him. I've never talked to him. Hopefully, one day well, hopefully we, we we'll will. Have him on one that day, will yeah. be good. <laughs> uh, looking forward to it. Um, I mean, we 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 stand a good chance of that happening, to be honest. But anyway, uh, aside from that, uh, what I feel ab- about this whole thing is that when when I came out of the Labour Party, where I saw see saw which way it was going, and I thought that's never going to turn around. And then, and and I at that time, I mean, I think we were friends on Twitter, or it's not how Twitter works, but we were following yeah. each other and stuff. Yeah. And I was looking at your tweets, and I, I followed you right through to when you left the Labour Party, and I, uh, I. And I thought, you know, and there were a lot of people going at the same time, and they still are, to be honest. It's funny what mm. tips people over the edge. They sort of go, well, I can't stay mm. any longer. That's, that's the last straw. Um, where am I going with this? What, what I'm, but what I'm trying to say, I think, is that there's a huge bunch of people now who, who still have all this belief and all this conviction and all this clarity about what would be best here. But what we... I mean, we, we talk about this over and over again on this podcast. Mm. And I, I, I suppose in a way, it's kind of what this podcast is about, isn't it? Well, it's about, yes, it is. It's about that left vision, isn't it? And, um, and how that can be realised. And I, th- I think one of the things that leads me on to what I was going to raise with you, Tom, about leads to the formation of, of these new uh, democratic socialist parties that are forming, such as, as we're seeing... Obviously, we know about NIP, yeah. uh, the Northern Independence Party, but Breakthrough Party um, and the yeah. founder, Alex Mays, who has uh, said that he'll come and join us. Um, yeah. um, and uh, with the candidate, Carla Gregory, who they're standing in Chesham and Amersham, um, yeah. which has just, just been announced this week. So they're, they're going to come on one of our episodes episodes um in the next few weeks before the election and i think it'll be really interesting talking to them because one of the developments linked to what you were just saying tom um is this um search for um uh, well really a coming together um on the left and and it's happening in a variety of ways to my mind through platforms like this uh Socialist Telly, Navarra Media, all, all of these dif- different ways in which the, the left are speaking to each other and reaching out to each other. And this is why, as you know, I'm so interested in this idea of a progressive um, alliance of the left, um, because I honestly believe that that is the way forward. And the Breakthrough Party are a prime example um, and NIP, uh, a prime example of this. And, and it's interesting, Alex Mays um, is, is a young man, um, as is Philip Proudfoot, um, who, who have um, really been very courageous um, and the amount of work they must have put in to actually found these parties and get it started. Their, their followers and members are increasing. 
Obviously, we've got the more established groups, campaign groups and political parties that are coming together. Um, and I'm, you know, kind of involved with that um, because I, I do think that, as we said earlier, those democratic socialist policies are uh, very, very um, popular still and much needed and even more radical policies indeed. So um, I'm really interested to see how the Breakthrough Party now um, are, are going to move forward and very interested to see they've got a local candidate there um, a, a young woman I believe a single mum um, and um, you know I think it's amazing that she's put herself forward in this way uh, she knows her community uh, yes it, it's a big Tory area but yeah. I think this this is a really good step for breakthrough um, to, to be standing a, ca- a candidate um, and I think she's getting lots of support. Um, I think they're raising money to support her, her campaign, uh, crowdfunding. And, um, I, you know, I really wish them well. And as I say, I'm really looking forward to them coming on uh, to, to one of our next um, episodes. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting yeah. show. In two, in two weeks' so. time, that, that I, one is, I, yeah. I, I think so, yeah. And it will be interesting to see... Or is it next just, week? No, it's two weeks' time. Two weeks time yeah, yeah, two weeks' time, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see how she does. But a bit like with the NE, uh, NIP, when I stood in Hartlepool, it's it's more about the message getting out, you know, that the, the yeah. break, breakthrough as a party and the policies um, and, and the vision... Yeah. Um, that Carla is a candidate, especially a local candidate who is known by a lot of people. Yeah. Um, she'll be able to get that message through even even more effectively. Um, and so that yeah, I think it uh, you know really really interesting. Yeah, I mean that's it's a t- it's a tough seat to to have a go oh, yes. at the the Tory yeah. MP uh, Cheryl Gillan, who sadly passed away. Fifty five percent of the vote. At uh, the, the, the last election, and, and Labour came third with twelve percent, which uh, I suppose you'd have to say that uh, Breakthrough Party would be after a section of the Labour vote, really. That's, um, but it's as I, I agree with you. It's not so much about the, the how you how many votes you get. It's more just get the name out there, get people aware. Uh, I mean, for for a start, uh, it's already working because as soon as I saw that was going on, I went straight to the Breakthrough Party website, had a good look at it, and it's it's quite inspiring. It's it's oh, it young is. it's young yeah. people who yes, aren't is. caught up in all this c- c- really dull, boring political dogma that's hangs over all of us oldies about you know they don't think in the same way that we do they're they're just like well this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong we need to change it you know um and they're not they're not held back by oh you can't say this and you can't say that and uh it's really quite yeah it's 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 one example of a growing it's a growing movement um and it's it's inspiring to see these young people uh, out of frustration, I think a lot of the time, as, as you were saying, they do, they don't get hitched up with, um, with, with a lot of the things that um that the older people like ourselves um do with politics. They say no, we have to act, we have to bring about change. And yeah, it's no good just keep having rallies and uh, no, online events. No, no. Um, we we have to take we you know if if the Labour Party are not going to or socialists within the Labour Party. 
are not going to take action, then this is what we're going to do. And again, you know, what I've said before, I think I said it to Owen Jones when I was interviewed in Hartlepool, I, I don't accept that this is splitting the vote. This is giving people a choice uh, of voting for true democratic socialism. Yeah. Um, and that's what the Breakthrough Party stands for. So um, I, I, think it's, um, I think it's really interesting what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, couldn't agree more, Thelma. Okay, so there you go. Um, we'll take a short break now and we'll be back with our uh, special guest, Ian Byrne, in a minute or two. Thank you. Okay, so welcome back, everybody. Part two of the podcast, and welcome to our guest, Ian Byrne. And uh, Ian is the MP for Liverpool Derby West, I think. Let me just make sure. <laughs> West Derby, Tom. West Derby. West Derby. <laughs> West Derby. I'm, I'm, I've been to Liverpool he, a few he times. Lives, so he lives down south, Ian. He lives down south. <laughs> yeah, <Canada>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool's up north somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, um, cheeky, yeah, since, since 2019. Um, and you won your election with 77% of the vote. Well, that's pretty stunning. Uh, anyway, I'm Ian, not, nice to have surprised. you here. Yeah, nice to have you here. And um, yeah, always a pleasure to have... Uh, any all our guests so far on the on the show, so uh-huh. and, and you've met Thelma uh, on social media before. Um, yeah, we've done, yeah. A couple, done a couple of uh, podcasts uh, there together. Yeah, Swore yeah, we've done. So- yeah. So- yeah, we've done socialist TV at telly, haven't we? And yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah, I, you know, one of the things, Ian, that I do I do regret and, and miss about uh, Westminster is the fact that you came to Westminster, you were elected as I uh, lost the seat in Cone Valley. And I, I, I think I've said this to you before, but I really regret looking at your priorities and what you're working on and... Uh, that that fight for social justice that I really regret that I, I can't work with you. Um, well, I do work with you indirectly, but not in Westminster, and it it's such a shame, isn't it? That our uh, I, I think uh, your your party. regrets won't be as big as my regrets. Uh, oh. Not having the likes of yourself here and and boat lauders, pig cock and Smith. Uh, you know, greatly, <laughs> yeah. greatly, greatly missed. Certainly on the left. Yeah, but I just um I, I'm just so filled with admiration for the work that you're doing, um on the right to food and homelessness and as I say all all those priorities for social justice um that you know and you seem just so grounded in your constituency and uh, and fighting not just for your constituents but but for you know the wider wider society and I I. Just when when I stood in Hartlepool recently, uh, for NIP or independent, but backed by NIP, um, I went to the food kitchen, um, there in the centre of Hartlepool, uh, at the church, and the queue for the food <coughs> bank. I thought I thought of you at the time actually. In the queue for the food bank, I met I, I met the vicar there. She was inspirational actually, and she she went on. I don't know if you saw the interview. Yeah, I've seen it. Was, she yeah. went on. Victoria Dabbershire, and, and I, I actually consider her a friend now because um, I went there, it was my first visit, a public visit, if you like, um, when I went to Hartlepool, and the queue of people 
um, was round the block, round the church. Um, and, and the thing that stayed with me, because obviously I'd worked with people at the food banks in, in the Cone Valley area in Huddersfield before. But the thing that struck me with those people queuing up, I, I'm trying to engage with them from a distance, you know, kind of smiling. and But they wouldn't make eye contact, yeah. Ian. That, that was the thing. It, and it stayed with me. And when I talked to Gemma the vicar about it, and she said, it's just... It's just that lack of dignity, you know, that, that kind of having to queue out and ask for things. It's many of them in work. Yeah. It's kind of, you'll know all about this. Yeah. Um, but, but that's what struck me in Hartlepool. And that's, you know, when I see the number of people coming to the food banks um, in, in our area, in Kirklees as well. Uh, it's almost become normalised that it just breaks, breaks my heart. But it does inspire me to see as an MP, what you were continuing that fight and in Westminster and in your constituency. Um, and, uh, yeah, just just if you want to just tell us about what you're up to now with that. Yeah, I think that you've just made a really, really, really good point, to be honest, Elmer. And obviously part of what drove me into this job is is, is six years ago, you know, seeing them queues in my, in my community uh, and not realising the gravity of, of the situation. And I think when you see people from your own community, you actually know, uh, and we're queuing up to get meagre offerings uh, from the community food bank. And I think that was, that become the inception of, of the uh, fan support and food banks. And it, it, much like you just said, it stayed with me. It, it's burnt into my soul. Uh, you know, what, what a witness that day. And, you know, people of our class, you know, queuing up, and you know, of all different ages, and and it and it was something that drove me. And I think it, it what we see, what what well, what I was doing today. So it was with Jeremy Corbyn today, and in, uh, in one of the food panties, what we've done in West Derby. And yesterday we uh, had our first uh, food panty day in L8, which is Toxteth, so fan support and food banks. We're asked to go there and 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 uh, assist that community in one of the poorest wards in the country and working with like a greenhouse project, which has got 32 nationalities in. And what we've created, Thelma, is something which we feel, uh, while we're in this position now without the right to food, is like an antidote really to that sort of demeaning uh, food bank system. Uh, where people go and feel terrible about themselves, even though you know they're in a, they're in a position which nine, 99 times out of 100, it's not their own fault. Uh, They've they just gone into this position and they need some financial assistance. And what we've tried to create in Liverpool is, is food pantries, but in a market-style setting. So I don't know if you look on the social media, we've got like, we've got like a, a, a van which we had fitted out, which come from donations from... Uh, Football, uh, Liverpool, never football players, and and what we've created is, is is an atmosphere where you go into the pantry. It's it it looks like a market. We've got music today. We had we had the local artist who was there assisting in sketch club, even though it was uh, lashing down with rain, and we've tried to destigmatize it so you you could actually join. Uh, the market and it does look like a market and yesterday they've got great plans in, in uh, Lodge Lane to create a whole market ecosystem out of the pantry and and, and so basically you're going to go in and you're just going to have the opportunity to get your shop at £3.50 you get £15 to £20 worth of food uh, what we what we create through the, the 
the food bank network, but putting it in a way which we feel completely destigmatizes the fact that you need some assistance, you know, because of the governments of the day and the welfare, uh, the state of the welfare state. And, and like you've just outlined there, I think there's probably, probably 60% of food bank users are actually in work. So the whole structure of society at the moment is causing what we're seeing now. And, you know, and that's something which, uh, I'm lucky enough to be given the opportunity in this position as an MP to actually try and tackle. But as you well know, you know, we've got a, you know, with a, an 80 seat majority, uh, the Tories, the change won't come from in Parliament. So all I can do is act as a conduit and use every lever I can within Parliament. The change will come from the people outside who demand change. And that's why the right to food is so important uh, moving forward because that's the systemic change needed. But I'd, I'd ask you to have a look at what we're doing in Liverpool uh, from like the food market pantry style uh, model, which is Fansport and Food Bank's model. And, you know, when we firmly believe that while we need that sort of assistance for our communities, well, then that is the best way to do it. Uh, so what we've seen, I'm sure there'll be other brilliant models across the country, but what we've seen uh, works and, you know, the feedback that we're getting back from people who are actually attending now is 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 uh, is phenomenal. And, you know, we're, we're probably getting the biggest, we're getting the most numbers in the city. And the beauty of what we got is it's a mobile pantry, so we can go anywhere in the city. Mm. We can set up on council yeah. estates, which have lost their community centres through austerity uh, and it takes us right into uh, areas which are uh, hard to reach so that's just that's mm-hmm. the model that we're using and uh, as I say it's 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 it is a stick and plaster until we get the right to food but we feel as though it it, it destigmatizes uh, the the need uh, to go to so- it sounds sounds really really good and and it's spreading the word isn't it and Manchester adopting it where else is it well, through the Fansport and Food Bank Network, we've got, we've got like, we got, you know, we've got uh, clubs right across the country who are actually yeah. taking part in this. And Manchester are looking at it uh, from a, from a say, same type of model. We've had lots of interest. And, you know, if that's a model that means that people who need assistance don't feel as though they're doing anything wrong, well, then that's the model we uh, seem to look at. And it's a great passion of mine, Telman and Tom, to fight back mm. against the narrative of 30 yeah. years of the undeserving uh, yeah. uh, porn and, you know, it's and making people feel as though it's their fault that they're yeah. in this position. And, you know, it's a deliberate tactic uh, to, yeah. to drive people down into depths of despair because they're easy to control mm. then. So, you know, for me, if our class needs assistance, which, which many do at the moment, well, we need to make it that mm. assistance where they don't feel as though uh, by accepting that assistance, it makes them any less worthy than anybody else in society so it's very clear very clear to me what you stand for ian um but i have to say one of your colleagues on the front bench was asked this week what the labor party stands for and there wasn't a response could it's clear what you stand for but do you know what the current labor party stand for well, I know what I stand for, and that's yeah. that's for me. That's you know that's 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 the Labour Party. Uh, what I stand for is the Labour Party. How I how I see the uh, the Labour Party in in my constituency, and what I bring to Parliament. Uh, tell me. So you know, if mm-hmm. if, if others are uh, considering uh, how they feel the Labour Party 
what what it stands for. Well, you know, I know what it stands for. You know, representing my class, mm. fighting social justice, socialism, mm. injustice, sorry, uh, socialism, mm. and you know, and that's mm. that's that's imbued that's imbued in me, Thelma. So you know, yeah, I'm quite yeah. I'm quite comfortable well, in my skin uh, from a yeah. Labour Party perspective. Yeah, it, that that gives me hope, Ian. That there's people I know, you and others, um, are still in Parliament and and still have those priorities uh, that uh, are on the back of the uh, Labour Party members' card. <laughs> and I think, uh, yeah, that 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 is really good to hear. Um, and I'm I'm going to hand over to Tom so because, um, and this is where I go quiet, where where it gets onto I think football. Is that uh, right? Well, I might not go straight <laughs> onto football. Uh, (laughs) I do want to talk to you about football, Ian, but perhaps first, um, just on that business uh, of your your projects with the food pantry, when um, a few times in my life, there's been times when the establishment or what I call the establishment, the Tories, whatever, have taken control to such an extent that the, the left have felt defeated really or at least I felt defeated like when Thatcher got in and then when she got in again and again and then in from 2010 and a a common feeling that I have is can't we somehow dissociate ourselves from these people and create our own society and I can kind of see that happening with what you're doing there Um, you know that you can set things up because what you're really well, I don't, I don't want to be presumptuous here, but in a way, what you're doing is filling the gap that the state should be doing anyway. So the Tories would be delighted with that, won't they? They're getting, you're putting in place a social security, you know, help the needy, help everybody, which is... Well, it, it, just coming in there, Tom, yeah. it was Cameron's big society, really, wasn't it? Yeah, that, you yeah. Know, that, that actually started the... the the, the the Tory uh, or delivered the the Tory ideology um, yeah uh, just, just sorry Tom but I'm just really interested to ask you Ian what your thoughts are on UBI um, well I'm I'm I'm, I'm watching uh, with extreme interest uh, with what's going to happen in Wales and you know uh, I work closely with my great friend uh, uh, Beth Bitter, who's uh, who's a massive advocate of uh, UBI. So, so for me, you know, there's just questions uh, that UBI needs to be asked. But as a concept, uh, I'm fully in favour. To be honest, Elmer, I'm fully, yeah. I'm fully in favour, and that's the sort of radical policy that we need to be really looking at. And I think the Welsh governments are doing, uh, mm. or Welsh administration are doing. Uh, doing us all a favour, really, by running that sort of trial, aren't they? And hopefully, uh, you know, from mm. that, we can glean how we could uh, how we could use it to transform society. But I, I was speaking to Andy Burnham a while, well, about the right to food when, they, when we uh, wanted to, uh, to go through the Manchester Combined Authorities, which he's brilliantly done. And he's now really looking at UBI as, a, 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 as, mm. a, as, a, mm. as an option. So, you know, for me... When you've got 10 million people who can't put a meal on the table, all options should exactly. be on the table, shouldn't they? Yeah, they should. And it's like when I was talking before about dignity, um, you know, people living with dignity and the idea they don't have to wait for handouts and they, they can make their own choices about that, even if it's only a very small amount of income. 
um, it, it it would prevent them having to to do the you know queuing at few banks or 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 whatever uh, and make those choices. So I, I I'm a real advocate of it. Yeah. So it'd be real. It will. I agree with you. It'd be really interesting to see what happens in uh, in Wales. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. Over to yeah, you. Yeah. Just just uh, I like the idea of cutting out the government, but it does you know it, it, like say for example in Liverpool where you've got uh, it, it's a. A, it's almost a separate socialist country, isn't it? And, and and it just seems like it could really happen there, where the the rich the the rich people who, or the people that are doing really well, like like the footballers or whatever, could actually provide a, uh, a that safety net for the people that, like you say, through no fault of their own, aren't doing so well. And and I think that that might be the the way forward really because i can i it, sometimes i just think well how however are we going to get back to how it should be it started to look like we were getting it together in the sort of 60s 70s and 80s but it's it's just gone to the dogs really and i i i wonder if you think that that is the way forward that we've got to organize our communities sort of along do similar sort of stuff to what they're doing in preston and uh um because that's kind of similar isn't it well, it's a very good point, but I couldn't disagree more. Uh, I think what we're doing, we should never have to be doing. Totally uh, agree. You know, I, think, I think food banks uh, are abhorrent uh, and shouldn't exist. It should be incumbent on the government of the day to ensure that every citizen uh, can keep its head above water. Uh, the, the head above water. So you know, Tom, I have sleepless nights. Uh, you know, thinking about are we doing the right thing? Uh, are we, you know, are we doing something which lets the government of the day off the hook, which lets the Tories off the hook? But I think if we look at history and you cast your mind back to the man, like and Davy Kelly, who started Fantabort and Food Banks with me, uh, he was he was collecting in Kirby for the miners, and you know that was solidarity, not charity. And I think what we try and do is empower people. Uh, you know, with the pantry, uh, the pantry model, but we, you know, the, the the food bank model in 2015. You know, for me, and as I said, it's a, it's a stick and plaster to to keep people uh, afloat. That's why what we didn't want to just do that and that be like the end game where we're just collecting food. Always was how can we use what we're going to grow to create pressure for systemic change, which is the right to food. And you know, and that if you look at the five elements of the. Uh, of the submission which we put into the national food strategy, which we constructed with Shami Sakrabati. You know, that that that's exactly where we are. So for me, everything that we do uh, is 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 wrong. And I can't be anymore, I can't be stated in that. You know, you know, we're doing everything we can to keep people's heads above water, but you know, in a in a in a state uh, that was fair and equitable and one that Jeremy Corbyn painted the vision of. But then, you know, he was, and Thelma was part of that uh, 2017 manifesto. He was going to eradicate food banks, and that's where we should be going as a, as a society. So I think it'll be a total dereliction of duty. And I have this argument with people who are saying, well, then bitch footballers should be doing more uh, to help the poor. Well I'm, well, I'm sorry, but it's not, you know, we, should, we no, shouldn't I be agree. in like a Victorian mindset where, you know, yeah. you've got, you, you know, you've got Pat yeah, from the well true. off. You know, it, mm. it, it, systemically and, you know, systems should be put in place to make sure that if you fall, mm. you're picked up. 
not that someone puts a foot a foot on your head and drives you deeper into the into the mire. And mm. unfortunately, that's where the feel we are now. So, so while uh, you know your words are kind about what you what we what we do, and people have come together in this community and communities right across the country because they've had to. Because otherwise, if they don't, people will go under. And it's much like. Um, and I do allude to like the miners' strike where you know, they were kept afloat by the efforts of others. And I think while we've got this, uh, while we've got this government with this sort of ideology, well, and that's what we've got to do. But that's why I think the right to food campaign is so important because that would lead to systemic change. And I hashtag a lot of my stuff with no more stick and plasters. Everything we're doing is a stick and plaster. It's putting a plaster over the gaping wound. 4.5 million children in poverty, 10 million people in food poverty, 15 million people in poverty. It's just, it, these numbers are incessant, aren't they? You know, and I've, I, we got statistics on Thursday, uh, well, it was Wednesday, sorry, saying 34% of my uh, constituency, the children of my constituency are in poverty. I mean, that's just breathtaking, isn't it? You know, it's heartbreaking and breathtaking. So we can't solve that. You know, that, that has got to come from governments, and you know, when that that that's that they have got to make them changes. Do you think it's do you think it's enough to say you want to halve child poverty though? Sorry to keep putting you on the spot with what Labour's coming out with though. Do you think that's enough? I, will, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I didn't hear that until this morning, but no, but no, no, you know, they, they, uh, it's eradicate food poverty. Yeah, it's just, you know, you mentioned that obviously I was with Jeremy and John and the rest of them in 2017 and when we put those policies together and I can't ever imagine ever anybody on the front bench in 2017 ever talking about halving it, you know, it'd be ending it. And as Jeremy said, when he was put on the spot once, Jeremy went interviewed and said, what would be the first thing you'd do as prime minister? And he said, I'd end homelessness, you know, um, it's, it's, it, it isn't halving something, is it? It's a, it, it, with socialism, it's ending it. You've got to end yeah. it. Yeah. You've got to, you've yeah. got to end the, the injustices that we're seeing in society from homelessness to food poverty mm. to, you know, we can yeah. we can name them, can't we? Because we're all living yeah. them in our communities. But, yeah. Mm. So, Ian, can I ask you, uh, as the conversation has gone this way, I, I, I've got to say, I mean realistic you know i understand i totally agree with you everything you say about charity and i totally agree with you on everything you've said so far but if we are if the only way really that we can change this and i agree with this too we have to change the the government well we've got we can't just say that we've got to it's got to be something that we can you know we've got to find a way of doing that find a and 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 you know the the reason that well me and Thelma are where we are really is because we I can't speak for Thelma so that's wrong the reason I'm where I am is because I just don't feel like the Labour Party are going to going to make those changes um I, I, you know I'll happily cut it out of the podcast if you don't want to answer it but you know, they don't fill me with any faith, Ian. Well, for, well, for me, Tom, you know, what we're, what we're doing and what we've done over the last uh, six years, uh, that, for me, is, 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 is what the Labour Party uh, should be doing. And I've always advocated that, uh, which is community organising, embedding itself deep in the community and looking at issues which affect a lot 
a lot of people when we're talking 10 million people which are relevant to people's lives you know when any organization needs relevance any organization and it needs to be relevant to the communities they're in and now i often have the argument that you know from from our office you know we try and do as much as we can since to come into uh since was elected and obviously i worked with dan carden uh, for two years before then as well as his office manager and everything that we did was about lifting up communities empowering communities and embedding yourself in communities and making yourself relevant and i think for me you know you can you, you, you could deliver a leaflet to a to a door or you can work with mutual aid to pull a meal on a table or you can look at creating a movement which starts to tackle the injustices uh, within society and uh, you know when you look at what in 2017, now a lot, a lot of people within the movement, certainly within the party at the moment, don't like looking at 2017, which is a huge mistake. You know, we absolutely uh, lit up the country uh, with policies which resonated, and you know, then policies are popular, and you shouldn't just throw policies like that which change people's lives, which now are getting implemented in like a, a, a light form, aren't they? Like a diet version uh, of, of the manner of the manifesto in 217. So so for me, I think what I do and others across the country uh, do in campaigning, embedding themselves in communities, that's that's how we win back power. Uh, you know, it truly is because you in, in the communities what we've lost, you've got to gain a trust but you've also got to gain the respect and you've got to see that you're there for them. And I think for me, you know, I, I, you know, I, I was an organiser, Tom, and I think Thelma knows to Unite the Union before that. And I've been a, in, involved in community organiser most of my life in one shape or, uh, shape or another. And I think it's only when you get, I was 49 the other week, and, and sometimes you'll have a, a sit back and you think about what you've done. You don't realise that you've been organising from you know, from an early age and, and, and that is, that's what you need. That's what we need. I think as a, as a party, we need people who are embedded in the communities, who are, who are looked on as someone who you can trust. And that's where the Labour Party needs to go. And, and I think we touched on the right to food campaign. You know, what we've done, we've, we've, we've galvanized, uh, figures from right across the political spectrum, financial spectrum, you know, when we done, when we, when Liverpool declared itself a right to food and I put the motion through the uh, city council, you know, we had faith leaders, uh, we had business leaders, we had community leaders, we had Kenny Daglish, uh, we had Everton Football Club, Liverpool Football Club, all coming out in faith, you know, backing a right to food. And, and that was the whole of society. So, you know, whether the Labour or Conservative, they seen that there was a, they, you know, what we've seen in our country was is a model with that many people uh, suffering and we need to change it. And I think that's what you need. we need to do. We need to harness these sorts of core injustices and... You know, fight against fight against them, and you know, Corbyn was, uh, you know, in two seventeen, two nineteen. No, they were doing that, and lots of mistakes were made. And I'm sure, like anything, you look back and you say, "We should have done this, we should have done that." But at the core, the core principles fighting social injustice. And you ask me what the Labour Party is about, but well, that's what for me, that's what the Labour Party uh, is about. It's fighting for the social injustices that damage, harm my community. Yeah, that's really good. I just say, uh, I think one of the, the problems is that a lot of the people in the uh, PLP couldn't couldn't even say that last sentence, though. 
they, they'd really struggle to say that the Labour Party is fighting for fighting social injustices and stuff like that because it's, you know, to them, it, the, I don't, well, I don't know what they think, but they don't... You'd have to get them on here and ask them some. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe. I, th I think what the key thing for me there, Tom, listening to Ian, is what the public hear is when somebody is authentic um, and genuinely passionate about social justice and Ian it, it, you, 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 it just comes through yeah. it just comes through and I think the public now are saying certainly I saw it in Hartlepool don't take our vote for granted yeah. um, they're just sick of this slick you know media people who become celebrities that are in politics and i think that you know more Ian, we could do with we could do with more of more of you know politicians like yourself ian um and there's and there's there's some i know you've mentioned dan cardin and you know there's there's a number of wonderful people still uh, m many of whom we've had on this podcast um, that that still have that passion still have that fire that tony ben talked about um you know to to well, to be part of this movement and to deliver that social justice. And I, I do think that even though it's easy to feel down about politics at the moment, what I've heard, just heard you say uh, inspires me too, because I think there's a number of us, and I include people like Tom and myself, and we deliver in a different way, I think, um, that... We, the movement is growing yeah. um, it's growing and in a way it's growing outside of Westminster um, and the public can see it and I do feel at the moment we're at a watershed I do believe we're at a very very important time in society and in politics um, and it's people like yourself who are still in Westminster and I respect anybody for staying it with Labour and in Westminster I, I do respect you um, but the people the public want more people like yourselves to have that genuine sincerity and passion about social justice. And I think they're sick of these celebrity types um, that are in with MSM and get interviews always on national TV. I think they're sick of, sick of them because I think there's insincerity with a lot of them. Uh, and I think that's what's losing it for Labour. I honestly do. Well, it, it, it's, it's, a valid, it's a valid point, isn't it? You know, and I think... I think if you go back and look at the authenticity of some the leading MPs over the last five years, you know, you can't put that back in the box, can you? You know, the yeah. people have seen that. It's inspired people. Uh, and, you know, you can't go back uh, 25 years to where you thought that's where the sweet spot was of the nation. It's a totally different game now, isn't it? You know, mm, you know, in yeah. 1995, you know, we still have VHS. You know, mm. you, you've got mm. to you've got to move forward, and you know, and I think since 2015, I think there was a, a transformational manifesto. Now, you know, whether you agree politically or you don't, you knew what we stood for. You knew there was a manifesto which we were. It was built around fighting uh, social just uh, injustices, and you know, bringing back control uh, to a degree uh, to people's lives. You just can't put that back in a box. You know, people have seen it. people have seen it. People have voted for it. You know, and not enough people voted for it in two thousand nineteen for many many reasons. And I just think, you know, forget about. And I, I genuinely believe this. Look, I know what I am. I'm a left-wing socialist MP and I'm extremely proud to be that. But 
you look at everything, you know, you look at everything of what, what's happening and how do you win power, you know, and building outside of the party and, and the movement is usually important. You need to you need to build pressure uh, movements, don't you? But then, you know, you look at what uh, the Tories have done since they've come in, you know, Cummings messaging, you know, you don't agree it, 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 with any of it, but it's effective. So you've got to look at where we are, haven't you, moving forward? And, you know, when you look at Johnson and you look at me, you know, what people cast their minds back to, obviously, what they're looking back and go, uh, go roast into spectacles. Johnson's not major. He's a different animal. Do you know, the parking, the tanks, not even parking the tanks, they're driving through the houses, aren't they? You know, with, you know, when you look on the red wall and, you know, just just yesterday with the with the pledge about rail uh, nationalisation. Now, it's far from it. It's nothing like what we were con- what we were proposing, what Andy McDonald, the magnificent piece of work Andy done. But the media narrative is that's what they're doing. And, and, and we know that the nationalisation of the railways was popular. So, you know, these are, these are, you know, they're a different animal, as you've seen in, in, in you know, in, in, uh, in Hartlepool, you know, when you look at what Houchin's doing, you've got to look. So you've got to look at what we've done right in 2017. You've got to look at what the Tories are doing now. You know, you've got to look at how, how things are framed, but at the core of what we are should be authenticity. Uh, and it should be rooted in tackling social injustices because, you know, if someone's hungry in Kensington and London, and hungry in Kensington and Liverpool, but that links them, doesn't it? You know, it's not about uh, we'll have a different strategy for the north and we'll have a different strategy for the south. And you know, and I, I'm a great believer in just putting a set of principles and policies together which actually tackle that. I'm I'm sure they'll resonate. Can I ask you one more? I take a lot of your time, but I'll ask you one more quick question about uh, how. How do how come Liverpool don't get so taken in by the mainstream media as some areas of the country do? Simple. That's simple. You know, Hillsborough, uh, the banning of the sun. And I think, you know, the what we've seen uh, mainstream media do to this uh, city uh, and a demonisation of a city and the lies that were propagated and from that become a... And I use this word, I don't use this word lightly, hatred uh, of uh, the Sun newspaper and associated papers like that. Uh, so I think that's that's brought through also, as Thelma touched on, obviously, Thatcher. Uh, you know, so that period uh, of, you know, when the Tories were talking about, uh, you know, wiping us off the face of the earth in the late 70s, and then obviously that period up to Hills, and then the way we were treated as a, as a city, and we were and we were lied and we were smeared, and then the establishment spent nearly three decades uh, stopping the truth coming out of what happened that day. So at, that's where we are, Tom. But you can't take anything for granted. Uh, and I think a huge issue what we'll have in uh, Liverpool, it probably won't be the Tories. It'll be the Greens. It'll be it'll be a it'll be another alternative to socialism because Liverpool is a city a city steeped in socialism and if if the party that is supposed to be the conduit for socialism isn't delivering that, but then we'll have difficulties in places like Liverpool moving forward. We looked at what happened in Bristol. 
we look at over the water, uh, massive swings to the Greens in the local elections. So, you know, I think for me, you know, uh, if we're going to fear uh, any sort of uh, downgrading of the votes in the city, it'd be it'd be from I would have thought another alternative to socialism. Wow, that's an interesting topic for another podcast, Ian. Yeah, you have to come back, Ian. <laughs> You've opened a big one there, mate. <laughs> We're, I'm not even going to start getting into that now. We're going for an hour, but um, yeah. I, I've I've got yeah, I've got quite a lot to say about the Greens. Um, but next time, Ian, hopefully, um, big yeah. day on Sunday, Ian. Um, uh, just got a win, really. Um, feels like a massive massive game to me and i mean i i'm i'm not even a liverpudlian but you know i am a big f- supporter of liverpool but um yeah 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 it's a big game yeah it's a big game big day all around for the city having ten thousand people back uh, making sure that you know the community because i live four roads from the football stadium uh so I'm steeped in it, obviously, and you know my. my I think everyone knows my. Uh, but I get criticised for the, the speaking too much about football. So, but <laughs> but you know, I think from a city perspective, Liverpool and Everton are absolutely intrinsically linked to the economic revival of this city. Uh, so the football has been uh, the loss of football, and certainly to supporters has been a grievous blow uh, to the area where I where I where I'm where I where I live, the whole city as a whole, you know, the whole whole city feeds off the football clubs economically. So it's a big day uh, with fans coming back. It's a big day for fans supporting food banks because we can actually go back outside and see our uh, friends. And, you know, we, we miss that element uh, of, of speaking to people and, and obviously the collections of the food. And from a football perspective, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge day. But I think it was an even bigger day, uh, which was... Last well, earlier this week when we talked about what we're doing with Liverpool for fan engagements, and you know we've uh, stuck a deal with the football club. It looks like uh, from a supporters' union perspective, giving the football fans supporters more power, and and I think moving forward, that's that's something which every club hopefully can replicate. And you know, for me, when I go on about football, I also see huge opportunity for the for the left. You know, for the movement, you know, we, there's millions of people there and, you know, football supporters. And that's what Fan Support and Food Banks has done. And we created a collective force through football, you know, which is driving, helping me to drive. Uh, I'm in the parliament side of it, but the grassroots side was getting drove by Fan Support and Food Banks, the right to food stuff. And, you know, that's what football fans can do. And if you cast your mind back, Tom, to... October when the Premier League and the broadcasters decided to suddenly start charging for paper uh, football on a pay-per-view basis, which was just a complete injustice. Well, you know, within an hour we'd started the campaign, uh, which resonated throughout the country. We raised half a million pounds, and within a month the Premier League dropped and the broadcasters dropped the insane idea of what they were doing yeah uh, and restored the free to view for COVID. so that was a massive victory that you yeah. know for the probably one of the greatest victories in football fan activism of honest because of the speed what had happened but you know that's what people can do and that's where i just see opportunities for organizing and and, and pulling people together and you know what we tried to do with fan support and food banks is tackle you know many many injustices, uh, link communities, work with all fates, bring people together, 
under the common goal that your enemy is not somebody who speaks in a Cockney, uh, Mancunian, Cockney, you know, <laughs> uh, New uh, accents. It's the people that are actually causing the damage to our communities, which we're seeing now. So, you know, I think it can be a tool to unite the working class, bring people together. And that's what we've always started to do. Yeah, well said. Can, yeah, Get, ju just before uh, we finish, because I know you've given us loads of time. Um, I remember I was only in Parliament myself for two and a half years, but I remember I used to call it plate spinning, that working in the constituency in the community, um, working in Westminster and family time, are you managing to get that balance okay, Ian? Because if you only live four, four streets away from the football ground and you're, all, you're involved so much with, with the football fans for food banks and all that, then do you get any time to, to actually relax? It's hard work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, it is. I'm not moaning, you know. You know, you take the job. No, on no, it's it. a no, privilege no, it's a to do. Yeah, it, it I, is hard, though, isn't it? Because it's like yeah. two jobs and your family and friends. Yeah, yeah. Did you manage to get the balance? Yeah, I mean, my family have all, are, are extremely supportive, and they've, you know, they've, they've always seen that. I've always done lots of stuff outside uh, of work, and I suppose that's your relaxation. But I think, I think. This week, seeing like the pantry going into uh, L8 and seeing what that that's done and and the pantries today and you know that you, you get so much from that Telmer and I think uh, mm. yeah you can yeah. get some downtime but you know yourself you know and certainly it's been extremely uh, strange period for the new MP yes COVID uh, yeah you know, working from uh, remotely and then going to mm -hmm. Westminster then stopping and I was in the chamber. This week, uh, speaking on the NHS, and, and it was just good to be be back in there. But I felt a little bit; uh, it feels a bit strange. So you, you mm. know, you you're starting to learn your trade because, as you well know, it's a trade to learn, isn't it? You know, and yeah, great yeah. practitioners of it. You know, so yeah, it's been uh, strange. But you know, hopefully, once we get back into the uh, the groove, uh, then. But yeah, I mean, yeah. luckily, I've got a. I've got a fantastic partner, three uh, wonderful kids uh, who, who were just who, who were just normal. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Kid, kids, kids certainly, uh, kids certainly keep you grounded, don't they? They yeah. put things in perspective. So. Yeah, I've got, yeah. I've got well, great friends who are, yeah, who, who, who just you take the Mickey and just see me as just no exactly, you know <laughs> what, what what I've always been to them just 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 to, you know just yeah. someone there who, who's been mm -hmm. a, a friend. So you've got to have that around you because there's lots of phoniness uh, mm. around uh, politics, isn't he? And there's lots of mm. you know there's there's uh, you know certainly invest minister as well. So it's just a case of uh, getting up there, do your job. And get out of there. That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, look after yourself though, because especially somebody like yourself that's so committed um, and sincere about your politics, it, it it's wonderful, but it's very draining as well. Um, so yeah, yeah. I hope you you can get that balance in and look after yourself as well, because we need you. We need yeah. you in Westminster. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much, yeah. Ian. That's yeah. a, been a brilliant, Thank brilliant uh, interview. And um, I, like I said before, we, we come back and we'll just have that huge discussion about the Greens and we'll get a bit more discussion about actual football um, and something else you said as well. Oh, oh, yeah, and we can talk a bit about where you live in Liverpool. I know a little bit around the area. Um, and, um, yeah, so thank you so much for that, Ian. And uh, thank you, Thelma, uh, 
again uh, for being such a great co-host and thank you to all our listeners that are um, just for being listeners really it really means a lot to us and it makes this worth doing and a special thank you to the the, the people that are supporting us on Patreon uh, really appreciate that we're just trying to cover our production costs um, so I'll pass you over to Thelma to say our goodbyes yeah well thanks for listening everybody thanks very much Ian for coming on and joining us I've really enjoyed listening to you you're just inspirational uh, and thanks Tom my podcast pal um, so again thanks for listening everybody solid day.